So let's go now to thank you, Hannah, for, for sharing with her children and thankful for how God's been helping you ladies. Um, let's go to the book of Mark now. We were hearing from John chapter 10. What verse is that, Hannah? In John 27? John 10, 27. My, sh my sheep hear my voice. Is it I know them or they know me? Okay, I know them and they follow me. John 10, 27. We are going to go to Mark chapter 6 verse 30 and we're going to read from verse 30 through to verse 44 and you can look in your bible or nick has it up there on the screen for you and um you may let's just go ahead and remain seated for this um What did I say? 6.30. Yeah, 30, 30, 30. Okay. Okay, are we ready? Uh, let's do this uh, responsively. I'll read, I'll read a verse and then I invite you to read every alternate verse thereafter. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And they departed into a desert or deserted place by ship privately. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties.
and they did all eat and were filled. And they that did eat of the loaves were 5,000 men. Lord, we thank you for this record and account of the works of Jesus and his disciples inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we pray now, God, that the that same Holy Spirit would inspire us today and would write your truth and your presence upon our hearts so that we can live for you and worship you. Amen. So, um, what we're going to do now is uh, we're going we're gonna to pray this passage back to the Lord. I'd like to pass a few comments on this, but before I do that, I want to invite some participation. We're going to pray this back to the Lord, and um, we're going to give him praise and reverence for anything in this passage that reflects the character of God, and just, and just thank him and praise him for it. Um, so, for example, I might pray, Lord, thank you that you were moved with compassion. Thank you, God, that, that Jesus came to earth and was tempted and the things that we've been tempted and experienced things, knows what we're going through and has suffered with us. I, I thank you and I praise you for that. Amen. So, so anything in this passage that's jumped out at you as we've read through this, um, we, I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer of praise back to God for his nature or anything in this that, that glorifies him. Who would like to go first? Thank you, Lord, that you see our need for rest once more. Yes, Lord, thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for your miracles. Yes, thank you, God, for being a miracle-working God. Anyone else? Thank you, God, that you always do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Promise-keeping God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you don't make me any sick in you, despite you purposely giving me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've given your gifts to us to share with others. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you that when we eat us, we are satisfied. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you've always warned us. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are unlimited. Thank you, Lord, that you see us and you do whatever you do for all the miracles that you've done for us and all the miracles that you do for us. Lord, we thank you that you're good. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that with you there's more leftovers than what they had to start with. Thank you, Lord. You know what, Steve? Thank you, Lord, that you have a work for us to do, that uh, you could have done it all. Mm -hmm. You could have uh, got the bread and passed it out or just made it appear instantly, but you had your disciples, had a role for your disciples to play, Lord, in the passing out of the bread. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, you bring life to the 
Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you bless the bread and you want to bless our lives as well. Thank you, Lord. So we've prayed prayers of God's worthiness. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is the, is the next part of that prayer. So it's basically <coughs> prayers of God's worthiness, but our neediness. So the next prayers may be something you see in the passage, but you want to say, thank you, God, that you can help me, da 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 da, -da. Like, I, remember I said, thank you, God, that you're a God of compassion? Well, now we say prayers of his worthiness, but our neediness. Like, I would say, Lord, thank you, God, that you challenged me to have your compassion. Thank you, Lord, that you can help me to be just as compassionate. And you can help me, Lord, to be moved with compassion, like you were right here. Even when people come in and mess up our plans, and you're on your way to a spiritual retreat, and there's 20,000 people waiting for you, messing up your plans, thank you, Lord, that you have the grace and the power to help me have the same compassion as you did. So I just invite anyone to say further prayers of thanksgiving that God is able to meet our neediness that may be reflected in this passage. Does that make sense at all? Like where would you feel needy in regards to some of the, what we see that God is like in this passage? I just did. Thank you, God, that when you give us a job that is too big for us, you are the one that's actually doing the, uh, the work. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that when I became a camel, that you were able to breathe life back into me and have that compassion for me. Yes, thank you, God.
for helping me to hear your voice. Yes, thank you, God, that you are worthy, but we are needy. Our supply may be limited, but when we come to you, you make it unlimited. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those uh, responsive prayers that everybody offered, just to kind of little warm up and get our minds going. I'd I hope I wasn't cutting any, anybody off. Is anybody else about to pray? Um, it's interesting, Hannah, what you chose for your children's story. You know, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they, they follow me. What kind of, um, what I felt God impressing on my heart in particular here was verses 35, um, 35 and 36, kind of that area. And it's talking about going on reason or revelation, which is kind of what you were talking about. It says in verse 35, And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desert or deserted place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said to them, you feed them. You feed them. Have you ever tried giving Jesus advice? <laughs> now, maybe not all of us have given Jesus advice verbally, but do our actions convey to God God, I think you need a little bit of help with this. I've got the answer of how this needs to go next. I know what needs to happen next. And the disciples, um, they were definitely being dutiful and planning and having the right foresight and like, hey, it's getting dark. I mean, let's have a little bit of common sense here. Jesus, hello. It's getting dark. The day is far spent. And there's nowhere around here to get food. And for all intents and purposes, as far as I can see, that's a pretty solid reasoning process, isn't it? So these guys are going to have to go. They're going to have to be dismissed so they can get somewhere in time to get fed but Jesus wanted to do something different he wanted he wanted to glorify himself and as as disciples of Jesus Christ he's calling us to walk with him with a renewed mind now, a, a renewed mind does not throw reason out the window and say, I don't have any use for reason anymore because God gave us that reasoning capacity. But a renewed mind acknowledges that reason, so-called human reason in and of itself, is not sufficient. Because this is how reason works. If X, then Y. Okay. 
If it's getting dark, people can't see to walk home to get food, and if they can't get food, they'll be really hungry, and that's the most terrible thing that can happen to anyone, to be hungry, right? And it definitely wouldn't be God's will for any of us to ever be hungry. <laughs> you see how the absolute chain of logic breaks down pretty quickly? Because every step in a logical chain claims an absolute. It's based on an assumption but when you're dealing with a God that can do anything, anytime he wants, this is kind of ironic that I'm even saying this. I mean, Christianity is the religion of absolute truth, right? I mean, in comparison to many other religions and uh, philosophical viewpoints, Christianity is a religion of absolute truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. But here we are saying that the problem with logic is it's all based upon absolute assumptions. It's getting dark, therefore we've got to go home. Says who? That's the question that we ask. Says who? This, therefore, that. Says who? And sometimes the this, therefore, that seems so strong, seems that it would never be any other way but God. So we sanctify reason just by talking to Jesus about it. Jesus, it looks like it's getting dark. Normal reason would suggest that we really need to go home now. So unless I hear otherwise, Lord, we're going to probably be getting ready to head home now. Hallelujah, that's a renewed mind. Now, now it is. God will say, yep, that's cool. I like in your reason and you definitely need to be doing that. We'll just leave that. We'll just let you do that. But it gives God the opportunity to break in, doesn't it? Because yeah. nine times out of ten, it may be that the logical chain of reaction or thoughts is probably, yeah, we just need to kind of go on that. That's fine. But I personally, I wouldn't want to miss the one time out of ten that God wants to take two loaves and five fish, or was it five loaves and two fish? Five loaves and two fish and feed 20,000 people with them. So that all... Of, so he's glorified, and everybody in Lydda and Sharon sees it and turns to the Lord. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss, I don't know about you, I don't want to miss the one out of ten. But the challenge in this is that since the days of the garden, man, and in every single one of our humanity, wanted the capacity to make moral judgments independent of God. That's why he wanted the knowledge of good and evil. So he wouldn't have to run everything by the Lord. He could decide for himself if, he was, if what he was going to do was the right thing or the wrong thing. And the fallen part of humanity is exactly the same today. Amen. The challenge for us is to let God break us of as much self-reliance as possible so that everything our life is a continual conversation with God. Amen. God, I, I'm going to go over here or do this or go over there. And, you know, I'm just not trying to be crazy about this, Lord, but just talk to me now. And whatever you want to tell me, that's fine. And whatever you don't want to tell me, that's fine. But reason becomes sanctified because it's in the context of an ongoing, never-ceasing conversation with God. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? It's when God is left out of the equation, 
he's a gentleman and he stays out of the equation even when he's bursting to multiply loaves and fishes and so that 20,000 people will see the glory of God. So, any questions about that? Yes. Free before. Yeah, please do. But this is what I try to pray sometimes in the context of our church service. Reason says we need a children's story, we need an offering, we need preaching, we need song, and nine times out of ten, that's wonderful. But we want to be have that opening, let God break in right. to our service. So if sometime. God decides to work here in a special way, we may not have a children's story. You know, we may not have scripture memorization. We, God may change the whole thing around. Nine times out of ten, we need the structure. We need the Peter going through all quarters. Right. But Peter was open to the revelation of God to break in. Right. And so that's, you articulated very well what I try to pray over our congregation because I'm all for order. I'm all for... Uh, the systematic side of things, traditional side of things, but we never want to be so locked into that that God can't break in right. by revelation and take over. You know? yes. But we don't want to go to the other extreme and have no structure and just start imagining God wants this, God wants that, and right. just be chaos and, and no no life in it. So, and I feel like just standing up to the Lord is what redeems it. Right. You know, yeah. because I'll never have a regret. If down the line, um, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I wish we'd just given God more room to work. I wonder what. No, no. I talk yeah. to him about all yeah. that stuff. It's yeah. his problem. Right. Yeah. Once you That's speak good. to him about something, it's mm -hmm. his problem. Mm -hmm. You keep it to yourself. It's your problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. Life of no yeah. regrets. Yeah. Amen. Praise okay. God. Yes, Simone. The disciple had a good point <coughs> of reference. Jesus had brought them there to get some rest. They were in the will of God. That was the known will of Jesus for them to rest. Yeah. So why stay up and pass on and do anything for those people? Now run that by me one more time. The disciple had a good point of reference. They were there because Jesus had brought them there to rest. Yes. And so in resting, what, you know, why are we taking care of those people? That's not rest to us. And it's your will for us to be, to be resting. They missed the point, didn't they? Were you sticking your hand up or? I, I kind of am a little bit. He did too. I just. Um, Do you want to take the mic back there, sir? to what we kind of get out of that or what we were trying to learn. I, I think that for me, I mean, I've got a lot of different understandings of it when I've read it each time. But for me, it's a lot more about learning to um, be obedient to something that is so profound that it, and, and just kind of out of this world that you wouldn't even think that it's making any sense. Right. Like it's you, you it's gotta, exceedingly, ab 
like, exceedingly above so all you, we could ask. I mean, who could have guessed that he was okay, wanting to... so that's to, what you want me to do, and then we're going to feed all these people. It's like this, the, and in our, in our own human mind, we're like, that's not possible. We can't do that. And so it's uh, teaching us to um, be still, be obedient, right. and, be, and then get the blessing from the obedience. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, teaches me to, to learn. Because I think about that a lot when I'm like, well, I think I need to do this, 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 and this. Because I think that's how it should work, and then that way later it'll be like this. But if I be obedient and I just wait, even if it's a uncomfortable situation for me, and I just wait and I wait for to get confirmation, you know, that maybe I should make this other choice or not. But if I'm still in little limbo, I just try to be obedient and wait and let him tell me for sure what to do. And um, it teaches me to trust him uh, a lot more. So if I'm obedient in the little things, that are so little as to just like, you know, pick that tissue up off the ground. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That that when I do in the little things, it teaches me to do it in the big things. And then through all that, it just teaches me to trust him to where eventually I can be like, okay, I don't think it's a good idea. You do, God, but I'm just going to do what you're saying because I know that you can feed 5,000 people out of two pieces of fish. You know what I mean? So. So you, you've actually kind of brought up something here that's pretty good. Um, <coughs> he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. So Jesus can't always tell us where he's going with stuff because it just blow our mind. Like he's like, well, I'm actually going to take those loaves and fishes and I'm going to do something that's never been seen before, you know. Um, apart from in the days of, you know, Elijah, I guess, Elijah, whoever it was with the widow and all that. But, um, but if they could just obey him one step at a time, because he said, um, well, first of all, I guess, you know, I said that giving Jesus advice was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. I, I guess it's actually not as bad as giving yourself advice, <laughs> because at least Jesus can speak back to you. Because I guess in a way that's what happened. They took it to Jesus and they did say it to Jesus. And then Jesus corrected them. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're on our way to a miracle. Jesus said, no, no, that's not the way. But he gave them only one step at a time. He says, you feed them. So they could have been like, okay, well, they're logically projecting again. They said, but we don't have, I didn't say you had enough for everyone. Feed them. Um, okay, does anybody have anything at all? You know, if we'll just take Jesus one step at a time and obey instead of logically projecting, there's a breakdown of reason again, right? It breaks down because the capacity for miracles is not written into the reasoning process. The miraculous is beyond reason. It's super logical. Um, it says, you, you feed them. And they said to him, and see, and then they start saying, where are we going to get all this money to buy everything? They, I didn't say that. I said, you just feed them. Um, so, of course, in the other account, I don't know if it's Matthew's account, it says, here's a small boy. Hallelujah. Here's someone that's childlike enough. Say, Jesus, I've got my lunch. I've got a couple of fish and a couple of pieces of bread here. Praise God. So... 
although what Jesus may want to do in certain situations is super logical, although we could hardly receive it if he told us the fullness, if we'll just take at face value what he told us, nothing more, nothing less, and do that and wait, he can feed multitudes. What do you have on this, Pastor? Jesus says, you feed them, and they didn't think they could do it, right? Yes. But did they feed the multitudes? They did. So they could. But he had to provide the food. <laughs> God has food for us to feed the people. Hmm. We just need to do it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And it's a us collective, right? Yeah. It took a couple of disciples. It took a little boy. All of them working together. Greater things than these will you do. All of you. Bless God. My note here for my email header is on this. <coughs> What do we go and do to feed? Now, everything about the scripture here is set up completely what we're supposed to be doing all the time. Otherwise, when he said, you feed them, he meant that. And they did the right thing because they said, well, do we go here and do this and this and this? And that's what we're supposed to do. We pray without ceasing. You know, I'm in the process now, Lord, what do you mean by that? Do I do this? So this, this is what he's saying. So today, he's projecting. He's going to leave soon. And he's got to get something across to all of us. What do you have in your hand? God's never going to ask you to do anything that you don't have in your hand. And you'll always have something in your hand. For instance... When you say pray without ceasing, and people hear me say this, I know people think I'm off. That's okay. But I ask him, what do you want me to wear today? Do Why I just not? do that once? No, I have to change. Sometimes I got three orders. For, I'm going to do three different jobs, and <laughs> one thing doesn't work for the next job. So I do that. Yes. Yes, I do that. So what he's saying here, when he's asking them to feed them, he's preparing them when he leaves, and he's preparing all of us. That's why he said when he went away, we would do greater things. Well, if we don't get a hold of this, this story that he's saying to them, and that's for us today, what are you doing? Who are you feeding? And what are you feeding them? So if your life is inbound in Jesus Christ, and they're looking at you, and they're watching you, you're feeding them something, whether you know you're feeding your neighbor something or not. They're watching you. You're feeding them self-reliance or God-reliance. That's exactly right. Either you believe in miracles of God or you don't. Either you believe the word of God or you do not. If you tell somebody, I believe God, I'm believing this, this for this, for this, and then you turn around, and you let somebody catch that away from you because they don't believe that way. They're Christians. I'm not going to tell you they're not Christians. 
I'm going to tell you that you better stand on the rock if you believe it. And if the rock can't hold you, and I've never found him not holding me, it's, it's, it's not the rock that moved, it was you that moved. Mm -hmm. I can't say it any better than that. Shall we have an offering?